All right, let's get rolling. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of 321 Go Podcast. We're joined uh, today by Ashley Bashu. I got it right, didn't I? Yeah, good job. <laughs> I'll never forget. Uh, Ashley owns uh, CrossFit 317. Today we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but primarily I really wanted to hit on content marketing and content creation uh, because Ashley has a very good blog, actually a really consistent blog, which is probably the biggest marker of a good blog. Uh, she does consistently create uh, original content. She reposts quality content, and she's got an amazing Facebook page. She's using her organic Facebook presence in a way that is very effective and a very uh, appropriate thing for a business to do. So, uh, Ashley, I'm super excited to talk about that, but I want to get to know you a little bit right now uh, before we dig into hitting on some of the more tactical stuff. So, uh, Ashley, when did you open CrossFit 317? Thanks, Matt. Um, so we opened in October of 2012, and I kind of have, a, I guess, a little bit of an interesting story. Um, I, I went to school for exercise science, got my master's in sports science, um, did a lot of great internships, um, did one at UCLA and another, uh, it's called Exos Now, and, you know, was able to kind of I guess, figure out my, my methodology, training methodology, and kind of what I really wanted to do. Um, always wanted to open my own facility, um, but wasn't sure financially how quite to do that. So um, honestly, I ran out of time. Um, I got graduated from school, came home, didn't know what to do. Uh, the personal training route was not not my gig at all. And so I went back to school for prosthetics and um, went up to Northwestern in Chicago and did that. And so I actually decided I was going to open the gym, uh, while I was in Chicago, which probably not the smartest idea to do. Uh, wouldn't recommend it, but, uh, thankfully I had an awesome boyfriend at the time, now husband, uh, and my parents. So I would drive home. Thankfully we're only three hours drive home on the weekends. Um, figured out a place while I was up in Chicago, I actually, um, came across three, two, one go project, um, and got connected right away. So that, that kind of helped lay the foundation. So that helped a lot. Um, so yeah, so we opened, um, October, 2012, I was still doing my residency for prosthetics, uh, with my family business while I opened the gym. So, um, my husband gets a lot of credit for helping me, uh, kind of start that first year and, uh, just be crazy. We were always at the gym where we were sleeping at home. So, uh, thankfully we've grown quite a bit. <laughs> when was it that you knew throughout all of your schooling that you went through, at what point did you know that entrepreneurship was the route you wanted to go? Uh, I always joke that I can blame my father for that. So my, my grandpa opened our family business over 55 years ago in orthotics and prosthetics. And when I went to work for him, uh, my dad always, and I don't know, he might've said this off the cuff, uh, but he said, if I don't ever have to work for somebody, don't. Uh, so I stuck, I, for some reason that stuck in my head and I'll, I tell everyone that to this day. And so, uh, it was kind of double edged sword cause I quit his business, uh, and opened my own. So I, I, you know, it was, it was interesting. I've always been blessed to have my parents around growing up and, uh, highly involved in everything I did. And I really kind of saw that they were able to do that because they own their own business, um, so I think it probably, you know, sparked back when I was younger, just being around, um, you know, a small business family. So throughout the history <laughs> of, so what are we looking at? Almost like knocking on the door five years, almost now about four, four and a half yep. that you've been open. Yep. Um, were there any, did you kind of like open hitting the ground running and like ready to go full steam ahead business? Or was this one of those things to where, you started small, you gradually kind of growed into the different life stages of your business. Uh, I would say I definitely started small. Um, I started with, there was, there was one other gym in Brownsburg that they did CrossFit style training, but they, no one was a CrossFit affiliate. So I knew kind of that was my route to get in and be established the first CrossFit affiliate in town. Um, I, I had some foundation, obviously with three, two and go project. I, you know, had some, uh, policies and things like that in place. Um, not quite everything, obviously, but I started with zero members, not a soul. Um, well, I guess maybe my mom, <laughs> uh, 
Um, but it, it was really nerve wracking. We did a little bit of a free week. I wasn't, you know, the founders club wasn't the big thing to do quite yet. Um, we were still kind of feeling things out. So I, I literally started from nothing and Kirk and I praying every day that people would continue to walk in our door. Uh, so it was, it was pretty cool. Um, you definitely have to be a little fearless, uh, and, and to be pretty, um, be pretty sound in, in what you know and that, you know, you can train some people. So is, if, is there one piece of advice that you could, could, if Ashley today could go back and talk to Ashley day one, what would you tell yourself then? Uh, the biggest thing I would say is, is establish the, the policies and procedures earlier. Um, I think when I started, I, you know, I thought, I, I never thought 317 would grow to what it is. And I guess that was kind of good being a little naive. I, you know, I wasn't thinking I was going to be this huge successful gym. I was going day by day. Um, so I was like, oh, this might just be a hobby. I'll probably still have another job the entire time. Never really visioned out what, you know, what it is today so far. Um, so I kind of lacked that urgency to create policies and procedures. So when I got actually got staff on board, we were just kind of fly by the night, which thankfully it's worked out okay. Um, and I've been able to revert back and, and, you know, establish all those, um, procedures and manuals and things like that. Um, but I would say it would, it would have helped the transition much better if I would have, you know, established those a little earlier in our, in our time. Um, is running the gym your full-time job right now? It is. And it's super exciting. And for how long has that been the case? Um, let's see. I would say, I, I would say I worked a year and a half, I believe. Gosh. And for some reason I can't think of the exact date. I should know this because it was liberating to be able to tell my dad I quit. But, uh, um, I had, when I started the, the first day I started, it was a Monday, October 15th. I opened the gym and I started my residency for prosthetics. So I had to work a full year um, to complete that residency, kind of complete my schooling. Uh, I believe it was about another, at least six months, um, before I really felt established. Um, also at that time, Kirk went back to school, um, and was up at Rutgers. So that was kind of a, you know, let's make sure we have some solid income and, uh, we can pay our bills, you know, before we make the big jump. So I, gosh, I think it was at least a year and a half to two years. And I don't know why that's, escaping me because it was quite the big day to not have to drive downtown Indy and, you know, double time anymore. What was kind of the biggest thing that changed at the point that you dedicated yourself to running your business full time? Uh, I just finally started paying myself and seeing what I was worth. Um, rather than, you know, saying like, Oh, this is just a hobby and spending money on everything. I got a little tighter on my budget and, and figured out, okay, this is what I'm bringing to the table. This is what I, you know, uh, need to pay myself and just did it. And, you know, obviously I did a lot of calculations to make sure the financials would work and I wouldn't, you know, suck everything out of the gym. But, uh, yeah, we started small and, um, then I was able to kind of grow that. I think that's kind of one of the big things. A lot of people forget to pay themselves and, um, forget to value what they bring to the table rather than it just being a hobby. So, I think that's such a great th- – I mean, we hear this talk – you know, you hear gym owners talk a lot about, you know, we're profitable, we're making income – you know what I mean? We're breaking even as like as if this is the goal and still ignoring this idea of paying themselves a reasonable salary or like even re- reasonable dividends. Um, you know, it just doesn't feel that sustainable. Um, was there – so – during this time, so you made this leap to managing the gym, running the gym full time, and your husband went back to school around the same time. Is that correct? Did I hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He was. He kind of had a two year, two year post post grad school thing um, for a for turf management. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it was a balancing act. Yeah, that sounds sounds a little bit nerve wracking at the time, wasn't it? Uh, a little bit. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> We don't have, we didn't have any kids or don't still yet. So, uh, it was just me and the dog and, uh, we kind of made it work. So, um, and and it was pretty nice that he got, 
he's pretty pretty smart in what he does now. So he got some scholarships and and things like that. But yeah, we uh, we definitely tightened up the reins during that period for sure. So Ashley, what are some things that CrossFit, in your opinion, what are some things that CrossFit three one seven does better than most gyms? Uh, I feel like we do a really good job of sharing our members' stories. Um, and the fact that we're all normal people, um, doing really cool things. Uh, you know, we don't, there are some gyms around us that, you know, have sent teams to the games and that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, we haven't, and I don't think we ever will, to be honest, who knows, but, um, I think we do a really good job of showing pictures of all sorts of different, you know, body types, athletes, um, reasoning why they're in the gym. We do kind of, uh, talking about some of our content, we, we share a member Monday, um, blog every Monday and it, and it doesn't matter. We just, we send out a couple emails a month to get some, get some feedback and questions and answers from our members. And I mean, we just shared a couple two of our members, their um, 12 and 14, and they were the most exceptional content, um, that we've probably had to this date. Um, so I, I think that's one of the things, you know, we don't just want to share, um, the competitors, the, the, the crazies. Um, we usually put them in the back and shut the door, uh, to be fully honest. Um, and I, and I think another thing, and this has stuck out to my head and I don't know if I've ever really talked about this, but I personally, I mean, I have my own um, fitness journey and, you know, what I want to achieve and things like that. But I don't post videos of myself snatching or doing pull-ups or cleaning. I'm, I feel like lately I've seen a lot of box owners get caught up in themselves, which is cool. Everyone's got a fitness journey and, you know, if you want to make it to regionals and games, that's awesome. Um, but you have to also understand that you're a gym owner and your members are, our number one priority and at least in my eyes. So, um, I'm going to always put them at the forefront rather than, you know, putting videos of me out there. So no one cares to see that. <laughs> um, I get the impression from not only just from talking to you right now, Ashley, but in sort of perusing through some of the content that you have on your blog and on your Facebook page that you have a clear identity of, who your gym is, like who it's comprised of. And I don't know, I, I, I'm having a hard time explaining this, but I, there's a very clear collective identity from CrossFit 317. Like I go to your Facebook page and I just get the idea of like, I know who these people are and I know quickly whether I f- would fit in or whether I wouldn't. Actually, I'd like you to speak to that just a little bit, whether this was a sort of intentional identity that you knew from the very beginning? Is this sort of an extension of your personality? Or is this something that maybe has sort of evolved over the last several years? Uh, I would say it's definitely evolved. Um, My big goal right when I started and kind of why I got into strength and conditioning in general was just helping people feel empowered. Um, so whether that's being strong as far as an actual number on the barbell or just feeling really capable and independent as a person, um, in life. And so that's kind of been one of my goals all throughout. Um, obviously I'm being a woman, I'm all about, you know, creating strong women out there. I don't think there can be enough of us. Um, and so, you know, that's kind of sprinkled in there a little bit, but I think just in general, kind of our, our everyday person, I mean, um, it's fun to look at Kirk and I, we weren't crazy exceptional athletes. We didn't, we didn't grow up having these just outrageous skills, but we were both able to play softball and baseball at high levels just because we put in a lot of work. Um, and I think that's what kind of, I guess kind of reflects in the gym. Um, we don't have anyone come in that are just, you know, they can do a muscle up when they're seven years old. But, you know, they grind day in, day out. They put in the work and they see the results. Um, so it, I guess maybe it's kind of just evolved as we go. Um, we try and talk to that, um, you know, each week in each class about, you know, um, just putting in the work, trusting the process and things like that. Explain that a little bit more. How do you – because we talk a lot about having core values or explaining your why – you know, why do you have this gym? Why did you get into strength and conditioning? Um, it, it 
now sort of shifting gears, you know, assuming that most gym owners do have a clear vision of why they started their gym and what their purpose is, now the idea is how do we communicate or disseminate this why into our general membership? So you had mentioned just now speaking to this in classes on a regular basis. What does that look like? Uh, I would say at the beginning, um, I mean, obviously we're going to explain the workout, um, explain our, our goal of the workout. Um, I think that's really important to not only help with scaling options and kind of, you know, individualizing things. Um, it, it feels, it helps people feel more confident and prepared and like they know what they're doing, um, and that they're doing the workout correct. So whether it's, you know, time frame that we're trying to achieve or a certain load or a certain intensity, um, those are all great, but also throughout, um, I feel like our coaches do a really good job as of lately, um, of, you know, throughout the warmups and throughout the skills, skill work, and, um, even the strength portions of just kind of, I know it sounds super cheesy, but talking life into people, but, you know, talking confidence in people, building people up, um, getting to know them, getting to know what's ticks and kind of just build upon that. So it's not all numbers and, and plates and percentages and intensity, but it's, you know, how's your day going? Like, wh- why do you want to get after this workout? What What's your purpose? Um, so I think lately we've kind of done a, a good job of a balance. Obviously with strength and conditioning, you in performance, you, you've got to look at numbers. Um, that's kind of one of the reasons we know we're getting better. Right. But I think part of it too, is kind of really getting into the psyche of people and, and getting to know them. And I think too, that's what helps people stay around um, and why they stay around. They, they see that we care about them as a person, not just that they have 500 pounds on a barbell. Is, is that idea addressed in your staff meetings or is this something that's done during hiring? How do we begin? You know, you talked about, you know, if you could go back and give Ashley on day one some advice, it would be, you know, maybe think a little bit more about your policies and procedures and how you kind of want to grow into this business. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, how would you go about like, obviously you can't like force people to care, you know what I mean? You you can't like, you know, right. (laughs) If if, you don't care about people, you just don't care. No, I I totally agree. Uh, one of the things, and I don't know who told me this, to be honest, it might've been my dad, who knows? Um, you can't, or maybe some strength coach that I worked under, but you know, you can teach somebody how to coach. You can teach them the numbers. You can teach them the science of training, uh, but you can't teach somebody how to be a nice person. Um, so when I was kind of going through and as we evolve and, and grow our staff and, um, things like that, that's number one of what I look for. I want to be able to hang out. Um, I want to be able to sit in a car for somebody for seven hours. And I can say this with experience that, one of my staff is, we are able to do this. Uh, you know, I want to be able to have a conversation with them for seven hours and not get weird. Um, actually it's funny when we drove out to your gym, Matt, uh, for three, two, one go seminar, uh, Andrew, one of my coaches and I actually made a seven hour trip and it wasn't weird. Uh, it was great. We got to know each other a lot. So I know he's a good person to be, be with three, one, seven. Um, so that's kind of where I start. And then, Yeah. One of the things we do talk about constantly, um, is kind of that 90 second rule. Um, I want you to spend at least 90 seconds with each person. Um, and it doesn't have to be standing there timing your watch, you know, seeing how's your kids doing. Um, but you know, get to know the people that are in class, get to know why they're there, um, what they do for their work. If they have kids, what, you know, what their goals are, things like that. Um, and and that's really, kind of rang true with all our, all our staff. And I think they do a really good job. Um, I, I haven't done, I've been meaning to do this cause I thought this would just be a super fun exercise. Um, but kind of come up with a, you know, list of 20 questions or so about our members that I know that maybe our staff doesn't know. And whoever's the first to, uh, you know, answer all those questions, maybe they get a Reebok gift card or something like that, just to kind of spice things up and get people talking about random things. So. I love that idea, Ashley. So, yeah, again, I, I really get this impression from you that from within that hour workout, there is this culture exists, right? And there's your coaches are caring for your members. Um, 
they're caring for each other. There's clear understanding of why we're all here doing this thing. And now the challenge, in my opinion, the challenge of most gym owners, CrossFit affiliate owners in particular, have this, in this hour, there's this amazing community of people that care for each other. They want to work hard. They want to get better. They want to acquire new skills. And there's this awesome sort of magnetic, amazing gym right here. And then the problem always becomes, how the hell do you communicate that to the rest of the world that really doesn't care? They don't get it. They, they've never been involved in like an hour of a coach really giving a damn about them. And so how do you begin to share this message with the rest of the world that this is the kind of stuff that goes on in here? And this kind of brings me to talking about how great of a job you do at sharing this content. So uh, let's start here. Has con- has regular content creation, again, sharing this story of your business, is that something that you've always done? I wish. Uh, no, not at all. And I still honestly don't feel like I'm very good at it and can always get better. Um, but my mindset kind of shifted the past, I don't know, past few months or so. Um, and it's just like, okay, man, just sit down, just get one blog a week, or even if it's 250 words, you know, I can write that. Like that's a, that's a conversation, two minute conversation with somebody. Um, so I, um, actually three, two and go, they had a great content list and it, and it seemed silly that it was all down on paper and you read it and you're like, well, this is, this is kind of dumb. Why didn't I think of that? Of, you know, just telling my story, like I just did at the very beginning of this. I mean, people want to know why 317 is created. They want to understand that I have a good purpose, um, and kind of vision for the gym if they're going to buy in and be part of it. Um, you know, like I said, telling our members stories, that's been the easiest. You have access to, you know, 150 plus people and 150 plus stories, um, all you got to do is send them an email. Um, but, but yeah, the other stuff, I, I think because, you know, depending on your background, if you come from a, you know, a science background and, and, you know, I enjoy the, the science of training and, um, the nitty gritty and things like that. But to be fully honest, people don't really care. Um, you know, it's going to be great to put out every once in a while, you know, the velocity and power and clean and jerk and all that cool stuff. And, you know, but most people that's like reading Spanish and they don't get it. And that, you know, they understand, you know, that, but, um, they want to know that you care about them as a person and they want to see other people just like them in the gym. So that's kind of why the, one of the main things that we do is, is share stories. Um, but then obviously sprinkled in there, we're going to share, you know, how to be better and, um, how to progress and and things like that. Well, let's talk about that particular piece of content that you create, your member stories. And correct me if I'm wrong, but these come out every week, every week on Monday, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And so, when did you start telling these stories? Gosh, I think maybe a year ago. So we brought on, or I brought on. Um, her name's Lori McCoy. She's she's kind of transitioned into our member experience specialist and she's just flourished incredibly. Um, she also takes all of our pictures at the gym, which is pretty cool. But, um, uh, we talked, we sat down for a long time and, you know, talked about how we want to get our message out there. And like you said earlier, how do we show community? That's so hard. That's, you know, the, the term that everyone talks about in CrossFit. Um, but how the heck do you show it and why do people care about it? Um, so we kind of came up with the idea of member Monday. We're going to be super consistent about it. Um, so she sends out a little questionnaire. I think it's like four or five questions, maybe, um, to like five or six people a month. Um, you know, we might get three or three or so of them back. So we've kind of got an archive built of them. Um, so that if we don't get some back in time, you know, we've got some extras. Um, but you know, just being able to share their, their stories and it's super simple. It takes them five minutes to answer a few questions. Um, we've got a variety of people. Um, so again, it kind of reaches out to the masses and shows, Hey, you don't have to be this particular person. You don't have to be a, 
you know, meathead and grunt and whatever in the gym, you can do it because you want to hang out with your grandkids and play with them. Um, so that's been, that's honestly been the easiest. And that's what I would tell people too, is your, the stories are out there. You just have to send an email or give them a piece of paper. Do you find that when you ask somebody to be featured on your blog, one of your members, are they very excited to be, to, to receive that invite? They do. They get excited because, so we do an athlete of the month, um, which I feel like a lot of gyms do and it's super fun. We, you know, we give them a t-shirt and we don't have specific criteria for that. Um, but everyone thinks, Oh man, I'm never going to be the athlete of the month. Like, I, I don't know why it's some gold standard, get uh, a picture on the wall, but, um, they still feel a part of it. Like, Oh man, they still want to know what I'm doing and what I'm about when I at least, you know, get published on member member Monday. And, um, most of the time, almost every Monday, depending on who it is, if they're active on social media, they're going to share it to their friends and family. So it's pretty neat. Yeah. And how is the, and so you mentioned that people do share that content then. Is that pretty, would you say your member Monday is probably your most engaged with content? Definitely. Yeah. Um, people love to hear about themselves and, and, and see something wrote up about them. So they definitely share it and they, they can like, you know, say, Hey, I'm actually going to the gym. I'm actually doing some work. So here's what I'm doing. So, yeah. You know, when we talk, you know, maybe now stepping back and looking at a bird's eye view, when we talk about creating a content strategy, uh, the goal is to create shareable content. You know, they talk about, you know, I mean, what are some of these dumb, like viral things that that we've seen? Like there was that whole thing of like, what color is the dress or how, (laughs) how introverted are you? It's like the reason that these things exist is because it will encourage people to click on it and then reshare it. So just by nature, people want to say, oh, I saw a black dress or I saw a blue dress or I'm 93% introvert. It kind of plays into people's uh, almost in a weird way, sort of like their selfishness. But I mean, it's it plays into their need to be heard in a very busy social media landscape. And so by telling these stories that's very shareable content yeah definitely between that and then um just pictures so every every day we post our our workout of the day on our website and then link it on facebook um and we don't write it we don't have it you know wrote out on facebook because we know some people don't like to see the workout so we make them you know go search for it but at least we'll we post um you know a little inspiring quote or motivating quote a picture we've taken of of people in the gym and then um the link to our workout so yeah between the member mondays that you know describe our members and then the kind of daily workouts that have pictures of people doing things those are definitely our our biggest shared um content so um I want to talk about, before you make the jump to social media and maybe look at kind of your Facebook strategy, uh, let's talk about a little bit more content that you're creating just from your website. So um, I, I see that you've done a lot of different lists and things like that. Ex- explain that strategy a little bit as, you know, some of this original content that you write. Um. To be honest, the the list idea came out of I didn't know what to write, so I figured I could at least come up with a top five of something. Um, you know, I've had a lot of experience in training or you know whatever. So whether it's a, a list of gear that we recommend, that that's a huge question we get all the time. Why are people wearing wrist wraps? Why you know why do you have those shoes and things like that? So we were kind of thinking, what are simple simple little blogs that we can write that. Um, would especially help our our beginning members um, that might kind of unmystify what the heck people are wearing or um, even actually I think coming up we want to write one that just kind of the the top 10 terms of of cross that you see on the whiteboard you know I know you've told me what AMRAP means a thousand times but I can't remember it or you know what's a power clean again or you know why do we do that um, so you know little things like that we we definitely I think are a little more minded towards our newer members. Um, so they can, you know, again, they're going to pull up on their phone in a waiting room. You're, you have probably what 30 to 45 seconds to catch their attention. Um, something fast, 
if it's going to take me 10, 15 minutes to read, I'm probably not going to read it. So short little, little kind of blurbs like that tend to work a little better. I think it's really important to sort of re-highlight what you just said, Ashley, as sort of a for our listeners that probably know that they need to be creating some good content and they really don't know where to start. I think that's it. I mean, maybe something that takes five minutes to read. And I don't think that we can overstate how truly basic you can be with this content and still be speaking to a large portion of your audience. Uh, As a great example here is, you know, you wrote something a few weeks ago that says, should you train through sickness? And like going into cold and flu season, uh, (laughs) you wrote about that. But like, this is stuff that, you know, you and I read this as like, you know, you've you have an extensive education in strength and conditioning. You know, this writing this is just super basic, but then realizing that, wow, we have members that have potentially never exercised in their entire life, right? Like they literally have never exercised or been exposed to training and then they get sick. They really don't know what to do with this new body that trains. Can I take four days off and will I just lose everything that I've got? Like, People don't know the answer to these questions, right? Yeah, that that blog came out of uh came out of straight from experience because I was on the death train of the flu and the cold and you know everything else that everyone else had. Um, so I was like, man, all right, this is what I'm writing about because I feel like complete crap. So I'm sure everyone else does too. And um, you know, there's always different thoughts to that, but yeah, exactly. Um, I mean that training through sickness, um. I feel like one of the biggest things and and one of our goals coming up is to maybe do a series on this is to how to train through an injury. Um, you know, just because something starts aching again, like you said, if somebody's new to training, they're like, Nope, hands off. Like I, I can't, I have to rest for three weeks. I can't do anything. And then they, you know, then you kind of see them drop off and that's when people fall off the wagon and things like that. So one of our main goals is to talk about how to train through, an injury and not, not being dumb about it because we're, you know, cause we're meatheads and we got to hit the gym every day and, you know, or we're going to lose all our gains. Uh, but you know, to keep kind of that psyche going, to keep that motivation going, to keep feeling good. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot, lot to speak to it of that there's so much modification in CrossFit, um, and just training in general, if you're smart about it, you can still get a great workout in, um, you can be around the atmosphere of, of other people, um, which I think kind of lifts the spirits and, you know, maybe it'll heal things a little quicker. Who knows? You know, I had an experience like this, Ashley, I, I would say maybe three weeks ago where I, <laughs> I I had I had an athlete come up to me that, that's probably been in the gym for almost a year now. And he's like, he's like, you know, should uh, should should we be taking rest days? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, literally, we talk about this all the time. Like, we, uh, you know, I, it's been said in class a million times. I, I've recorded a million podcasts about it. I've I've written about it, and I'm like, it, it was just a reminder that we can't provide content that will be received as extremely valuable to either our athletes or to the community in general. Um, and, and so it doesn't need to be like, it really does not need to be revolution. You don't need to be like Louis Simmons, right? We, you don't need to revolutionize yeah. strength and conditioning. If you tell people to, Hey, work out for a couple days, take a rest day, work out for another couple days, take a rest. Like that to them is like, Oh, Oh, I've really never been told that before that I need a rest day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, the simpler, the better. It it really is kind of mind blowing. I mean, and, and again, I guess it's maybe your background or, you know, kind of how inst- extensive you got into science and things like that. And I don't know, maybe you're a science nerd about it and that's awesome. Um, maybe you write about it everyone saw, but again, yeah, to that general public, it needs to be as simple as possible uh, for people to remember. So how do you go about curating your content? So you've talked about you do these member Mondays. You have lists like, I mean, when we say lists, it's like 
the five things you should buy every time you go to the grocery store. Like that is a great here. You can have that, listeners. That's yours for free. The five things you should buy every time you go to the grocery store. Uh, the five things that you need in your gym bag. Um, the ten things to expect in your first year of CrossFit. What, like whatever it is, like these things are are just they're easy. You could churn out like twenty of these. So, Ash, I want to hear from you. Like how how do you go about generating these ideas and and maybe curating some of the content that you publish? Uh, honestly, I kind of joke that I should have started writing a book. I think every, every box owner says this probably of just the questions they receive from the very beginning. Um, and and that's really what kind of goes through my mind. Um, or, you know, I kind of try and think back, okay, what, what did I not know or not expect when I walked in the gym? Um, what are we, what are the questions that we get through our, our one-on-one, um, foundations course from people that again, have never been in gym. Um, just kind of like the day to day, what, what do we hear people ask us? Um, like what the heck am I supposed to do with a foam roller? Why do you have these on the wall? Um, or, you know, why, why did Joe Schmo over there buy new shoes? Are those supposed to be better? You know, so things like that. I try and just make little notes day to day of, um, you know, the, the, the questions we get, the general questions. Um, obviously I like the, the, the quick lists that help. Um, again, those are fast reads, um, bringing in our nutrition coach. Um, I feel like that we have a lot of people around us that kind of outsource their nutrition. Um, so if we can bring, uh, her in and just give little tidbits, like, you know, nutrition doesn't have to be hard. Here's five tips to, you know, give you a healthier week. Um, things like that. So I guess it's kind of, you know, just stuff I hear day to day. Um, then also like stuff I Google, um, I I Google stuff all the time. (laughs) Uh, makes me feel smart, I guess. (laughs) But, uh, you know, what am I looking for out there? And then how could I put a spin on it? That's going to be helpful to our members. I think that if you maybe think about the things that you click on when you scroll through Facebook, right? Like, you know, and just look at what are the things that that get a lot of attention. I, I mean, just as like an example, I just pulled up, you know, I just pulled up my Facebook feed right now. And one of the first things that popped up is like, um, try these valuable training tips to give you an edge during the off season. This is a baseball strength and conditioning blog. You know, I'll probably click on that, you know, because it's like, insights into increasing performance like that will probably be interesting to me will there be any kind of special magic bullet that i didn't know there probably won't be but that's not really the point of content the point of content is is i mean there's several factors like you do want to increase your search engine optimization i mean from a really nerdy perspective google wants to know if you're creating valuable things that people care about and mm-hmm. and it Google will crawl your website very regularly and see, okay, is Ashley putting new words on her website and are people actually going to read those words on her website? Um, is, is this website dynamic and do real humans care about it? Um, those That's really what Google cares about and that's what's going to give you good ranking in your search engine optimization. Um, aside from that, we're talking about brand awareness so you know i'm not going to read ashley's blog about training when i'm sick and immediately be like i'm joining crossfit 317 that's just not how people operate but what will probably happen is i'll read like two or three things from crossfit 317 and then like mid-february I'll probably fail at my New Year's resolution and realize that I need a coach or a professional to manage this. And when that light bulb goes off in my head, I'm going to think about the most recent exposure I had to an expert. And in this case, that will be Ashley at 317. So I think, Ashley, that most business owners get hung up on this idea of – Here's an example. I talked with a guy that owned a coffee shop and he was just kind of asking me about some marketing suggestions. How do I get, how does he get people to his website and caring about his brand? And I was like, what if you did this? What if you just did a series of videos 
on how to brew the perfect cup of coffee at home. You know what I mean? If you just did like 10 videos about brewing the perfect cup of coffee at home, and he's like, yeah, but I want people coming into my coffee shop. And I was like, that really doesn't matter because people drink coffee at home still. And whenever they want to go to a new coffee shop, you just want to be the last coffee shop that they thought of, right? So if you think, if you've got this series of how to brew coffee at home, and then I'm driving around town and I I need to stop in to get somewhere, like your coffee shop is the last place I'm going to remember. Same thing with your gym, Ashley. Like it's going to be the last sort of, think of it like a breadcrumb. You know, if I'm trying to make it back somewhere, that's the last breadcrumb that I saw, which is why consistency becomes super important. Now, Ashley, you've done this great job. You've created this content on your website, and now comes time to share the content. Um, on what channels do you share this content? Uh, so obviously we, we post it on our blog that's on our website. Um, we will link that and put, kind of find a, a I guess, a intriguing ex, um, excerpt from it. Um, and post that on Facebook along with the the link um, to send people back to our website. So one of the main things is we're always sending people back to our website. So I'm never going to post the entire blog on our Facebook page. Um, sometimes, sometimes we'll we'll link. I should say. Um, recently, we've been doing a good job in our newsletters. Um, we've linked, you know, our top five most recent blogs in each newsletter. Um, I also post them to Instagram, not as quite consistently as on Facebook. Um, I, I think there's there's something to be said about having a little bit of different content on Instagram and, and Facebook. It's you know it's completely different platforms. Um, I think people are looking for different things. We do a lot more videos and, and pictures and little inspirational you know whatever posts on Instagram. Um, and plus, it's a little harder to to link things aside from in your in the profile. Um, but kind of our main goal is, you know, to, to always link it back to that, to our website. Um, I know some people send out emails once a week or things like that. We found that our membership honestly doesn't like them, (laughs) uh, you know, to be, have it, have a new email every single day of the week. Uh, they probably won't read it. Uh, I kind of feel the same way at times, um, depending on, you know, who you're subscribed to and things like that. So we don't want to overwhelm people too much, but if it's something super important, we think, Hey man, you need to read this. Like this is, this could change your training. This could really benefit you. We're going to send out a special email, um, with the link to the post, um, and maybe, you know, get more people. But I would say overall, it's a lot of linking to Facebook, um, and, and sharing that way. We've got really, our membership is really active on Facebook, um, so it seems cause that's kind of our best route is as far as right now. And so let's talk about a good Facebook strategy. I oftentimes see a mistake on Facebook is maybe sharing the wrong types of content. You had mentioned earlier that you don't, you no longer show your workout of the day written out that now you link back to your website for the workout of the day. Um, why did you make that transition? Uh, I think I've actually always done that. Um, or maybe even when I first started, I don't even know if I shared it on Facebook. Um, but I've always posted our workout on our website. Um, again, coming from the mind of, okay, that's where people are going to find it. I need to send people to our website. Um, so that was kind of step one of getting people to the website. Um, and then just kind of knowing, um, different personalities of the gym. I personally really like knowing my whole week laid out. Um, I want to know what I'm getting into every day. I can kind of prepare myself. Um, and no, I don't obsess over it 24 hours a day of what I'm going to do at the gym. I just go in and have fun. Um, some people will freak out and just not come to the gym if they know what, you know, know what the workout is. So we kind of want to make people, uh, I guess, dig a little bit to find the workout. I mean, it's pretty simple. It says wad, you know, right on our website, they can find it pretty easy, but they're not going to stumble across it. Um, same thing with, we use beyond the whiteboard. That's another Avenue. We, we have people get their workouts, um, in. And so we post the whole week of workouts, but again, they have to kind of dig to find it. It's not just going to pop up on their newsfeed. So I think people appreciate that because we do have different personalities and I don't want to, uh, I don't want to cause anyone, 
um, more concern or, you know, uh, just to freak out all day long because they know, you know, 70 burpees are coming. I, I don't know. <laughs> so. And it's important also to think that your Facebook page is probably m- more for your non-members than it is your members, right? I I always joke about this. Like any member of any CrossFit affiliate would go to insane lengths to find the workout of the day. Like they're going to look for it and they're going to find it. So that's like one thing is you as the affiliate owner is like, just know that your members would probably click, you know, four times to find a workout in any given day that it's maybe not appropriate to show your visitors that workout because your visitors don't know what they're looking at. Exactly. And I think that's honestly probably the, the first thing I probably learned from clay when I, when I started creating a website for the gym before, you know, before 317 ever opened was, okay, here's, we don't need to post the workout on your main page. No one knows what that is. Like you said, somebody that's visiting my, my website that doesn't know about CrossFit, they're going to see all this stuff and probably get scared and leave. They want to see smiling faces, people having a good time. So that's, you know, kind of from day one, um, what I was about. So yeah, like you said, if, you, if you're searching for a workout, um, because you CrossFit and you know what you're doing, you're going to find it. Um, other, other appropriate Facebook content, uh, you'd already hit on this, but lots of pictures I see on your Facebook page, people smiling, people that look different. I mean, it'd be hard to look at your Facebook page, Ashley, and not see somebody that, that you relate with, or maybe I see myself in their shoes while training. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the, and, and again, I, Lori and I are member experience specialist specialists. We just sat down, um, not too long ago cause she does take our, all our pictures, which is awesome. Thankfully she was actually, a had a photography business before she ever got into, into training, which is, I mean, awesome. I hit the jackpot when I found her. Um, but we just talked about, okay, so we can, she kind of takes a, you know, 20 to 30 pictures a month or so of, of our members just working out. Um, obviously it's neat for them to have, they can see their progress. Um, but one of the things, how do we show we're having fun? So recently, and you'll see kind of coming up, we have a lot more pictures of, of the high fives at the end of the workout. Um, people just chatting as they're warming up, um, coaches and, and athletes interacting. So that's kind of one of our goals, um, coming up in February and kind of on is, is, Again, how do you show more of the the community, the the personality of our gym, rather than just um, the weights and the sweating and all that fun stuff? I love that, Ashley. I want to wrap up our show, giving some tactical advice to the gym owners that are listening that probably need to step up their game as far as content creation goes. So, Ashley, just give us like the step one, two, and three as to actually executing on this thing. Uh, I would say one is just make a plan. So it can be, so last year I made a plan of, okay, I'm going to post, um, we had our member, member Monday going, I'm going to post a, a new blog every Wednesday. That's my goal. Um, it doesn't seem like a lot that's 52 throughout the year. Um, I can certainly come up with that. And I've even, I got up to Tuesday night and I'm like, crap, I don't have anything for Wednesday. What am I going to do? I found a blog that I wrote or that I read um, that was great and just linked to it and said, Hey, this is a great feed. This, this person is awesome, super knowledgeable. I think you can benefit from that. So that's an option too. So step one, make a plan, um, stick to it. Um, you know, step two is just, I would say maybe show your members or, or, you know, just be simple. Um, again, it doesn't have to be sciencey. Um, but think of something that you would want to read in about 30 seconds to a minute. I love that. And and you had even said that like you read a blog or there's somebody that you follow that you really like their stuff, like repost and reshare that stuff because the person that wrote that really likes it because it increases their search engine optimization. It, it, you know, it's called domain authority. So how, how often somebody shares the content that you've created, it increases the domain authority of your website. So Again, sharing other people's stuff and creating stuff that other people are willing or would want to share increases ev- the the strength 
the collective strength of everybody's website. So by all means, I would say share and curate interesting content from from all over the web. Um, so Yeah, I, I think people get really caught up in, in trying to recreate the wheel, um, whether it's training or especially content. And that was, I think, one of my downfalls at the beginning I was trying I was getting so caught up in oh I gotta write a new blog I gotta it's got this amazing thing um that's great you might have those amazing ideas but you know I read blogs and, and articles all day long that that benefit me why not share them um you know big thing is obviously just give credit where credit's due um this person wrote an amazing article that I think is super helpful here read it um so yeah that that's a super easy thing to do. And I think that's a great place to wrap it up, Ashley, is that, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but you have to start. And it, you know, it gets better, it gets easier to create the content and you become more confident in, in in the stuff that you're putting out there. So uh, I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Uh, Ashley, owner of CrossFit 317, uh, go to her website, check out the content she's created, Uh, check out her member Monday, um, steal the template. I'm sure she'll be happy for you to uh, steal that template, uh, unless Member Monday is copyrighted anywhere. I'm, I don't know if it is. Uh, not yet. No. All right. <laughs> haven't, haven't gone that. Far. All right, listeners, get on it before she copyrights it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Matt, for having me. Um, the the more I can help out, you know, all the the failures and successes I've had had over the. The four to five years, the the better I can share. Awesome. You're a rock star. Take care. Thanks, Matt.